What's up, everyone? This is episode number 35 of the Wax Museum podcast, where I talk about all things basketball cards from past to present to future. This is your host, Kyle, and we've had a jam-packed week in the hobby as usual. I previewed a few of today's topic on my social media already, which once again, my Instagram is at Wax Museum Podcast. My Twitter is at Wax Museum PC. But at the end of the day, you can only do so much on social media, so it's nice to be able to kind of flesh things out a little bit more in podcast form. So here we are. Um, let's start with another altered Kawhi Leonard RPA. That's always fun, right? And I know I've mentioned this before, but it seems like every time I publish an episode, something else happens immediately after that I want to talk about. So not long after last week's episode went live, a listener messaged me with a picture of a Kawhi RPA from Sports Market Report magazine. And for those of you that aren't familiar with this publication, it's put out by PSA. If you look on their website, they have a small write-up for it where you can buy a subscription. I'm just going to read that real quick so we can hear about the publication in their own words. It says, SMR is the most comprehensive collecting guide in the hobby and is trusted by collectors of all levels. Each issue includes current pricing for trading cards, tickets, unopened packs, autographs, and game-used bats across multiple genres and eras. SMR also provides in-depth articles that spotlight top collections and collectors, keeping you current on the hobby's most interesting topics and trends. Okay, so anyway, this listener messaged me and let me know that there's a Kawhi feature in there that had a National Treasures RPA. Um, the serial number was 140 out of 199. And it was slabbed as a PSA 5, but he noted that the patch looked much different than the one on my tracker, which was a BGS 8.5 at one point. I got on my computer and I matched them up, and, and sure enough, someone had swapped the patch out. So um, I did what I usually do. I updated my tracker. Um, I made a couple of heads-up type posts on social media. Usually I tag ISO Joe Orlando at PSA because we all know he's an outspoken advocate for dialogue. Um, this time I tagged Steve Sloan as well, who's the president of PSA. And I mentioned my RPA tracker and that they're more than welcome to use it. Well, not long after the post, I actually got a direct message from Steve, which was nice. And he asked me to email with a link to the tracker and let me know that they're looking into the card and its submitter. So he responded, Thank you, Kyle. I've shared this internally with members of the team who researched this information. Appreciate the heads up. Feel free to share any updates directly with me in the future. Okay, so kudos to Steve. Um, and I also let him know that I, I've tried to share the tracker with Joe Orlando a number of times and that he has no actual interest in dialogue. And Steve informed me that Joe is the CEO now and that PSA Matters should be directed to him, which is Steve. So once again, Steve, thank you for reaching out. I know he's in China and Japan for business right now, but I hope to connect with him more when he gets back. And I'm hoping that this could help lead to some positive changes for authenticating and for grading in the future, even if they're just minor ones. So like I've said before, progress is progress. Um... And speaking of reaching out and progress, I mentioned on last week's episode that I was trying to get in touch with Jeremy Murray, who's the vice president of grading at BGS. Well, he also got in touch with me this week. So it was kind of crazy to hear, not from just one, but both of these companies in this last week. 
So after listening to his interview on the Breaker Culture podcast, I reached out to him via email and I really only wanted clarification about two things. Uh, Number one, I wanted to know, has Beckett actually started logging serial numbers for all cards that are submitted? And then number two, what came of the altered Steph Curry 16 of 99 RPA that was slabbed by BGS both before and after the patch was swapped out and the auto was cleaned up? He alluded to it on the show, but they didn't mention any specifics. So uh, Jeremy got back with me and gave me permission to read his response to you guys. So uh, that's what I'm going to do. So regarding serial numbers, he said, um, yes, we are working on an internal feature that will allow us to track serial numbered cards we receive for grading. This is still in the works, but something we feel that will help with previously graded cards. This is being tested now with plans to have it fully functional ASAP. This is not going to resolve all of the issues with the serial numbered cards, though, but should help address cards that BGS will grade now and in the future. Obviously, this won't track cards that PSA or SGC has previously graded, nor will it track cards that have never been submitted for grading, but could help with people cracking cards out of BGS cases and resubmitting. Um, And then number two regarding the Curry, he said... The Steph Curry issue that you and many others have reached out about has been resolved and investigated on our end. I will not go into specifics, but I will say the card is no longer in a BGS case. If you would like more details, I suggest you reach out to the customer that submitted the card. As a policy, we do not discuss customer submissions with other collectors or customers for obvious reasons. Again, I am sorry that we are just now able to connect, but glad I could address some of your questions and concerns. I hope this information was helpful and can be used in a way to promote the industry and show we are making changes to protect the collectors. Have a great day. Sincerely, Jeremy Murray, Vice President of Beckett Grading and Authentication. Okay, so before I move on, um, thank you once again to Jeremy for taking the time to respond. And then, as I said last week, thank you to you guys, the listeners. I know several of you either tagged or emailed Beckett several times. And he mentioned here even that many others reached out about the curry. Uh, Persistence matters. And I know there were some people out there that said these efforts were a waste of time or that nothing would actually change. Well, a lot of you guys chipped in a little bit anyway. And guess what? Here we are potentially on the cusp of real change. Now, my next question, and as Jeremy said, this is one that he is not really authorized to answer. If the card is no longer in a BGS case, what happened? I'm doubting that this guy who did all of this all of a sudden joined the infamous no slab movement, right? So did BGS ask him to take it out? Did they somehow decertify the card? Um, If he told them he would remove it, did they get any proof? Is this card going to wind up back in circulation somehow? Is PSA going to end up with it? We still need some answers. And like I've mentioned before, the guy that altered this Curry card is the CEO of a public company. So I attempted to call him this week and was redirected to his voicemail. So I do know that it's him, though. Um, I tried to email him. I haven't got any sort of response. So maybe someone out there wants to send him an eBay message. I don't know. You know, who knows? Maybe that would get his attention. Um, All of that is to say SGC is logging serial numbers. PSA President Steve Sloan is paying attention and he's opened up a line of communication. And BGS is now looking to log serial numbers as well. So if you guys remember, Adam and I tossed around some ideas on reforming the grading industry several months ago in July. Well, things are moving. 
Okay, well the second big thing I want to talk about today might be something that you guys are already sick of hearing about this week. And it's a company that I've already talked about on here a couple of times before, and that's StockX. And um, the co-founder of StockX, Josh Luber, was on the Cardboard Chronicles show this week. I would encourage you to check that out if you want to hear from him firsthand. It's always nice to hear firsthand from the, the people that are involved in this. Um, he addressed some of the criticisms about the platform, including the use of stock photos. I liked his answer for that, where he basically said that there are some collectors and some cards that StockX won't be ideal for. Uh, one thing that he didn't address, though, was the security issues that I've talked about on this show. I've emailed about those several times to try and get any sort of response, and I haven't heard a thing back. So that is still a little bit concerning to me. But um, at the end of the interview, he plugged a new baseball product that they're releasing with Tops called Bowman Chrome X. And each box contains one green X-Fractor that's already graded a 9 or a 10 from PSA. The baseball people that have messaged me have indicated that the product itself doesn't seem very strong and that it lacks the qualities that drive a typical Bowman Chrome product, but I really can't speak much more to that aspect of it. If you guys have been on Blowout or any social media this week, I'm sure you've seen or read something about this product. And while this is a baseball product, I want to talk about it a little here because of the possible influence it could have on basketball card distribution as well. So StockX is labeling this as an IPO, which for them stands for Initial Product Offering. I figure this is just semantics, but in the stock world, IPO actually stands for Initial Public Offering. Um, traditionally, an IPO is the first time a private company issues stock to the public, and the company itself has to set their initial stock price. Well, that's not quite the way it works with StockX's version of an IPO. So I want to read the description of a StockX IPO from their website. So once again, we can hear straight from the source. And it says, StockX IPOs are a blind auction. They are specifically designed to empower you, the customer, to set the market for items without needing a retail price or MSRP. In fact, IPOs allow the majority of buyers to actually win an item for less than what they bid. In a StockX IPO, customers place anonymous bids on items in the size of their choice. Once the auction has ended, the top bids that match the quantity we have in stock for that specific size will win the item. For example, if there are 10 packs available, then the top 10 bids will win the pack. However, all winners will be charged the same amount, what is called the clearing price. The clearing price is the lowest winning bid of the 10 mentioned above. That means that even if you had the highest bid at $1,000, if the clearing price is only $200, then you win the pack for just $200. Okay, um, so then my question would be, what if the clearing price ends up being, you know, I don't know, $20? Does that mean that we could actually win this box for $20? Well, the fine print on their website tells us that there might be a set price after all, where it says that the sponsor reserves the right to modify the available amount of goods to be sold in its reasonable discretion or to determine a price that is higher or lower than the original clearing price to charge for the goods. Um, I wish they were a little more straightforward with that, but it's an interesting model nonetheless. I know Panini's first off-the-line releases have gotten kind of messy as of late, but who knows? This might be a possible direction that they could turn to in the future. It would be interesting to see what kind of response this would get with a better product. Um, I've also seen some people say that any new form of distribution is a good thing. 
And even with the product itself being pretty crummy, a lot of people were really hyping this release up. But uh, come to find out, a lot of these people were also paid to promote the product. There were quite a few big card accounts on Instagram that featured the same copy-paste ad. And from everything I've read, it looks like they earned $100 and a free box for their troubles. Which, come to think of it, that's really not a lot of compensation in exchange for putting your name and your reputation in the card world behind something like this. Um, and look, I don't blame StockX for doing this. This is no different than sports drinks or some other product paying Instagram models to pose with their product. But some of the people that they paid had no real understanding of the Consumer Rights Act, which states that basically when you're being paid to promote something, you need to add a hashtag on that says that it's an ad or that it's a sponsored post. Um, or like one other account I saw, they had the ad hashtag on there, but it was far enough down in the write-up that it really didn't show up initially. So um, they weren't really being 100% um, transparent. Um, another big ad push that we saw with StockX came from the blowout forums where they sent out a mass private message to each member about the product. Uh, I thought this part was kind of funny because right before this ad went out, Josh Luber on the Cardboard Chronicles interview, he said that blowout was a toxic place full of keyboard warriors. Well, I guess the site isn't too toxic after all if you pay to send out a mass mailer. Anyway, with all of that being said, there was a lot of StockX chatter this week. A lot of people telling you that you should use it. A lot of people telling you that you shouldn't. You know, at the end of the day, you've got to weigh the facts and figure out what works right for you. And it's still early. You know, they might tweak a few things in the future, and this could be a huge asset for the hobby. Well, only time will tell. All right. Uh, well, that's all I've got for you guys this week. I appreciate you all for hanging in there with me. I know this episode was um, quite a bit shorter than usual. I've been pretty sick this week, but I at least wanted to get something out for you guys to listen to. As always, you can find me on my Instagram, which once again is at Wax Museum Podcast. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the topics I covered today. You know, What changes do you think we need to see from PSA and BGS next? What are your thoughts on StockX? Let me know what you think. In the meantime, if you like the content I'm providing, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes or Google Play. Hit up the Podbean site for a link to the merch store. Tag Taco Bell and let them know they can pay me in burritos. And until next time, this is the Wax Museum Podcast.